Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to part two of our Moving Mountain series. A couple weeks ago, we introduced this series and we talked about the fact that we all come face to face with mountains in our lives. Those challenging moments that either stop us in our tracks and and cause us to just freeze or those moments that create this opportunity for us to trust in God and watch how he, he helps us climb those mountains, how we take on that uphill battle and we see his hand show up time and time and again. And we just talked about the fact that when we come face to face with these mountains, it's important how we approach them. And so if you missed that, you can definitely check that out. But this week, I'm just gonna be real with you guys. We're going to be looking at a story that is so over the top that for maybe some of you who are new to church, those of you, you're, you're still trying to figure out whether or not you believe in this whole Jesus thing and, and you want to ask him to be the leader of your life, but you're still exploring and figuring out this story. I'm just going to be honest. It's so over the top that some of you may just go, okay, I've been with you for a while now, but this is, this is too much. Like, that's just crazy. And honestly, I'm not here to defend how God physically pulled off this miracle. That's not what today is about. What today is about is is me encouraging you to understand that when we have faith that lines up with the purpose and the plan of God, nothing is impossible. And we watch how this Bible character prays this prayer that just seems so crazy and so over the top and just so far-fetched. That it's easy for us to go, there's just no way. And God leans in and he shows up and, and he actually does the impossible. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we get there, some of you are going to hear this story. And as soon as you hear what happens and, and your faith starts to be challenged by it, the enemy wants to creep in and, and tell you, that's not for you. Because you see what happens a lot of times we read these Bible stories, we, we hear stories of people around us and we think, man, that's just really cool. But that's just reserved for like elite Christians, right? That's just for this special group of people. It's just for Bible characters and preachers. Like that's not for everybody. And it's just simply not true. Because we all have an opportunity when we come face to face with our mountains to put our trust fully in the Lord, to put our faith in him completely. And again, what happens is when our faith lines up with the plan and the purpose of God, incredible, powerful things happen. And I just want to encourage you that this is not set aside just for certain people that we all, you and I both have access to these moments where God can show up and do the impossible. So this week, as we get ready to jump into the story, it's found in Joshua chapter 10. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, if you want to turn there in your phones, Joshua chapter 10. But don't read ahead. Don't, don't skip ahead and start freaking out. I'm, I'm going to get you there. But I want to give you a little bit of context for Joshua 10. Joshua was this young leader who served kind of in the inner core of Moses's leadership team. And Moses, if you remember, he went back to Egypt and he 
through God, rescued his people from Egyptian slavery. For hundreds of years, they were in slavery. And Moses goes back and God does incredible miracles and he rescues them. And so here they are, they're leaving Egypt, heading to the promised land, this land that's full of milk and honey, this land that is just so incredible that they cannot wait to step into this land that'll be their own, that they get to be their own nation again. Like they're, they're so excited about this. It's so incredible what God has promised them. And so as they get to the edge of the land, Moses sends in spies to check out the land and he sends in 12 of them and 10 of them came back. And 10 of them goes, listen, everything that God said would be there is there. But there's an issue. The people who are there, they're giant. And they have these giant cities and these giant walls. And we're just not ready. We're not ready. I know God promised us us, but mm, maybe it's not for right now. I don't know if we need to do that. But there are these two cats named Joshua and Caleb that said, are you crazy? Be quiet. Do you know what the Lord has done? Have you seen what he's done? Like we need to take the land. The Lord is with us. Let's do it. And unfortunately, Moses didn't. Moses allowed the people who were afraid of the unknown to hold him back from what God had actually promised him. And so Joshua has to be this frustrated leader just waiting because for 40 years, they just wandered around in the desert. And God showed up miraculously and he did incredible things. But what started to happen is that the Israelite people were so anchored in their past that they weren't able to step into their future. They started to say crazy things like, man, don't you miss back in the day where we used to get three square meals a day and, and we knew what the day was going to look like. At least in Egypt, we, we just had some kind of rhythm. We had food and we, we had everything that we needed. And it's like, time out. Did, did you forget you were slaves? Do you, did you forget the beatings? Did you forget like the abuse and, and all the work that you did for, for nothing? For the, what are you talking about? And I can imagine how incredibly frustrating this was to Joshua. And the truth is, what happened is, is what happens for you and I, and, and so many of us have experienced this, is that we allow the fear of the unknown to anchor us into a miserable past. The fear of the unknown, it just, it causes us to go, well, maybe back, in, back, back here is not all that bad because I don't know what's up there. Maybe it could be worse. Even though they were promised this incredible future, they were anchored in the past. You've seen this. You've, maybe you've experienced it in your own life. I and mean, you've definitely had people in your life that were just so caught up in what happened in the past. There were moments that they hold on to, pains or, or even what they perceive as good. Do you, remember, do you remember back in the day where we used to party with that group? And oh, man, that was, that was the time of our lives. And then you think about it and you, you see those people and you're like, that was awful. <laughs> what were we thinking? That was crazy. But we, we seem to like glamorize the past and we just get anchored in it. And because the future is unknown, we're, we're so afraid of it that we don't move forward. As Moses was dying, the leadership role was passed on to Joshua. And in the beginning, he was a little nervous and he was a little 
uh, you know, just not confident in himself. But but the Lord encouraged him and strengthened him. And he started to just see God's hand. And so he was stepping into this fully. And one day he came face to face with another opportunity. This army, this Amorite army joined forces and started to attack some of their allies. So Joshua comes to show up. And this is where we pick up in the story where God does something truly incredible. Joshua 10, starting in verse 6. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us. Help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Verse 8. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. That's that's a vote of confidence, right? The Lord saying, don't you? I got you. Verse 9. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. Let's jump forward here to verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory. Don't miss that. The day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord. Here's our prayer. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemy. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There's never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. You didn't misunderstand that. Joshua, as he's defeating his enemy, needed some more time. And he decides, I've got a creative idea. What if the day didn't end and we could just keep winning this battle? And so he stands in front of everyone in his name. He, he didn't go into some little quiet corner and was like, okay, God, well, maybe he boldly stands before all of Israel. And he says, hey, God, I've got an idea. Why don't you stop the sun in the sky so we can finish what you said we were going to be able to do? And the Lord does it. It's so crazy. It's so over the top. And I know some of you are like, this is crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, I don't know how the Lord did this. I don't know if he stopped the sun in the sky. I don't know if he stopped the earth's rotation. I don't know if he froze the solar system for 12 hours. I don't know if he just put a light in the sky that looked like the sun and they thought the sun. I don't know. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. You see, the truth is how God pulls off the miraculous is less important than the fact that he's willing and capable to do the impossible. I don't know how God did this. It doesn't really matter. What's important for you and I is that God listened to the heart and the prayer of someone who trusted him, who had faith in them. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do the impossible. And so the sun stood still in the sky and Joshua saw victory. 
the key for us is, is that you and I, we sweat the details of our life. We sweat our day-to-day mountains. We're, we're overwhelmed by what we're facing and we're, we're cowering in fear thinking, man, I, I don't know if God can handle this. I don't know if God's going to show up. I don't know. I, I'm just not sure if God's going to be there for me on this one. And God's sitting there going, do you know that there was this one day <laughs> in the book of Joshua, that I literally stopped the sun in the sky? Do you really think that I can't show up for you? Do you really think that I can't give you what you need in order to get through this season? Do you honestly think that I can't help you clear that mountain in your life? For my family, we have seen God do the miraculous. Just time and time again in, in our lives, in Lauren and I's marriage, we've seen God do miracles. And in my family's life, I've seen him do miracles. I, I could spend hours telling you about how God has shown up in our lives, period. How he's done things that just seem completely impossible. And it's one of those things that should encourage us, not deter us from believing that God can do it. The challenge for us is, you see, Joshua lived in a way that left no doubt that the Lord was fighting for him. That's our challenge. Do we live our lives as if we understand and we're confident that God is fighting for us? Or do we approach our mountains going, I don't know, maybe God will show up. I, I don't know, maybe God can handle it. Do we face our mountains and we don't even think about God until we're dangling off the edge going, hey God, I messed up. Where are you at? Do we not understand that God is fighting for us, that he is on our side, that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives, that we can, we can lean into his plan instead of running away from him, to not allow the enemy to, to make us think that God's not going to show up. Joshua prayed this prayer in front of everyone that tested not only his faith in God, but it challenged God to, to do the impossible. And it was amazing to see what God did. But what about your prayers? What about my prayers? Have you ever thought about your prayers? So many times we pray prayers like, God, God, I pray that you just, uh, you keep me safe today. And it's always funny because I, I catch myself doing that, especially when I'm praying with like, girls, God, just keep us safe. And it's not a bad prayer. But when you look at scriptures and you look at what Jesus did and you look at his life and you look at his disciples and you look at all these characters in the Bible, do you, do you think God really called us to this safe, cozy little life? Or do you think God called us to this challenging, adventurous, mountain climbing experience? Not for us to get some glory. We're called to this relationship with him so that we can spread his glory and his name and line up with his plan and his purpose and see God do the impossible. And we pray little prayers like, God, keep me safe. And God's like, that's, that's cool. But don't you know that there's so much more than just safety and comfort? Don't you realize that I'm calling you 
to spread my name in your workplace, that I'm calling you to share my glory with your friends. Don't you know that I'm calling you to a life that's so much bigger than, than you just having this safe, cozy life? We pray, God, fix this. It doesn't look like my plans. And God's like, I know it doesn't look like your plan. Mine's better. We pray prayers, and, and this isn't all of you, but you know, we pray, God, Bless this double cheeseburger and supersized fries and let it be nourishing to my body. God's like, for real? What are we doing here? Like, these are the prayers that you're going to pray? I heard this, this pastor say this one time, and it's so good. I want to share it with you. He says, if the size of your vision for your life isn't intimidating to you, there's a good chance it's insulting to God. That's hard. That hits you in the gut. If your vision for your life isn't intimidating, if you don't stand and and look at your prayers and look at at what you're wanting God to accomplish through your life and it's not intimidating, then there's a good chance God's going, is that really, is that really all you want to do with your life? Is that really all you want to see me accomplish through your life? It's funny, I think about it this way. My, My girls love the movie Aladdin and Aladdin there's the genie that gives you three wishes and and I just always thought it was funny when I look at this story like could you imagine going to the genie and saying oh okay I got three wishes and then we waste them on like ordinary things okay genie number my wish number one is like I really want a new pair of pants it's like he could give you anything in the world and and you just want something ordinary And God is not some genie that's just doling out pants and and wishes to us. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. What I'm challenging you is so many times we're praying these prayers that are like, God, keep me safe. God, answer this. God, do this. God, And God's going, don't you know that I have so much more for you? Don't you know that there's so much greater planned for your life than just that? You see, he didn't invite us into this relationship with him just for us to survive this life, just for us to just make it through to Monday, make it through to Friday. Just get me to the weekend. God didn't create us and invite us into this relationship with him for us to just barely scrape by. God is challenging us to live a life that depends on him and that we see him do the impossible, that we see him save people's lives in our workplaces, that he sees us impact our family members with what God is doing in our lives, that that we see him do incredible things that lifts up his name around the world. You're like, well, Danny, that's cool for preachers. No, it's not about preachers. It's not about missionaries. It's about every single one of us. We're invited into this relationship because God wants to use your life to impact people. And you and I, we settle for just surviving. So what are you praying for? What are you believing for? What is your faith spurring you to? What is your son stand still prayer? What are those things that the only way it can happen is for God to show up? You know, there's that old adage that we've heard. And if you grew up in church, that if God answered your prayers, if he said yes to every one of your prayers, what would be different about your life? And it's so true. 
What would be different about your life? What would be different about your family's life? What would be different in your community, in your city, in your workplace? What would be different if God goes, you know what? I'm saying yes to everything you've been praying for. Oh, uh, I think I probably should change my prayer. Can I? What are we praying about? What are our prayers? Can we be honest for a minute, though? Because there's a group of you that you're saying, I, I hear you, Danny, but I have been praying big prayers. I have been putting my faith and my trust in God. I have been believing for incredible things. I've, I've surrendered everything to him. I've, I've trusted him with my future. I've trusted him with this situation that I'm facing. I've believed him for the impossible, but yet the sun still went down. I trusted him and it doesn't feel like he answered my prayer the way that I hoped he would. I prayed a sun standstill prayer and the sun still set. I'd imagine in Joshua's life, if he was bold enough to pray this prayer before all of Israel, that this wasn't the first time that he prayed to God about something impossible. I have to imagine that as he's going through these 40 years in the wilderness, that he's in his tent praying, God, you've got to wake them up. God, you've got to change their heart. God, you've got to create an opportunity for us to step into the promised land. God, show up to Moses and cause him to realize, like, God, you can do this. What are we doing? We're just wasting time and not stepping into your promise. I have to believe that he prayed prayers and God's answer to him was, no, not yet. No, not this time. No, I'm, I'm still working on some things. You just have to trust me. And that's difficult because some of you have prayed those prayers and God has told you no. You have prayed those prayers and you've had faith and you've trusted him. And still the situation didn't turn out how you wanted to. And, and I can relate completely with you because just two months ago, I remember sitting on the concrete in front of the hospital, holding my mom, praying every prayer that I can imagine, praying scripture over my dad, praying scripture over our family, praying with everything that I had in me, full of faith, full of belief that God could bring strength back to his heart, praying fully that God could put breath back into his lungs, knowing that God could do the impossible. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and the sun still set on his life. And God said, no, his race is finished. So what does that mean when God says no to us, when the sun still sets and we pray these faith-filled, gigantic prayers? Does it mean we no longer trust the Lord? Does it mean that he's no longer faithful? No, of course not. What we have to understand is that God in his ultimate wisdom and his sovereignty, he has the right to say no because he sees the end from the beginning. Trust me. It was the hardest no that I've ever received from God. But I have to trust and know that he knows exactly what he's doing. It's those prayers, it's these seasons where the sun sets. They, they can be seasons of setback for our faith. Because what happens is the enemy of our soul, he takes these opportunities to creep in and whisper, see, I told you he wasn't faithful. See, I told you 
this stuff wasn't real. I told you that your prayers were wasted. I told you that having faith was pointless. I told you this was gonna happen. And we allow that voice in our minds to start creeping in and make us start questioning God. But we, what we have to understand is that God's goodness is not tied to his yeses. God's goodness isn't based on whether or not he says yes to our prayers. When God says no, he has something incredible in store for us. His goodness, his faithfulness is not tied to him always saying yes to our prayers. Does he want us to still pray it? Of course, and, and that's what I want us to understand is that this story doesn't promises us that every time the sun's gonna stand still. How many times did Joshua believe for God to do incredible things and God to change the heart of Moses and, and God to lead them into the promised land earlier? And God said, no. Little did he know that he was gonna be the one that led them. God understood what needed to happen. So should we never ask? Should we never pray? Should we cower in fear that God's gonna say no to our prayers? Should we just lose faith and, and lose hope that God can do what he says he can do? I think our answer is found in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse three. It says, then he said, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus encouraged the disciples to have faith like a child, to become like a child, to humble themselves like a child. And I just think about that because children inherently trust their parents. They just, they trust that they're gonna provide. Our girls trust Lauren and I that we're gonna provide their protection, their peace, their provisions. They, they just trust us that we're gonna show up and do that. They trust us without us earning it. They just believe we're gonna do that. But those of you who are parents of little kids and even teenagers, do you understand how many times we tell them no? Do you know how many times I have to tell my girls no? It's, it's a minimum of a hundred times a day, if not a thousand times a day. Some days are just, I feel like it's the only word that comes out of my mouth. No, no, no. Every, listen, every day I have to tell Audrey, no, you cannot have candy for breakfast. Every day, no, you cannot have chips for breakfast. It's like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep asking me the same thing over and over again? The answer is no. But yet every day, in every moment, she still asks me. Every time that she has an opportunity to be told no, she takes it fully knowing that the answer is gonna be no. But she understands that if she asks the question, she's she hears no, then she'll switch it up a little bit. She'll, she'll go, okay, well, well, what about this? And, and I think it's important for us to understand that just because God says no to us, it doesn't mean that he isn't gonna provide for us. Just because he says no to this, it doesn't mean that it's no to everything. Sometimes no means not yet. But the issue is that we don't like to be told no especially when it comes to God. And so many times we allow it to deteriorate our faith because God said no in a moment. Audrey doesn't all of a sudden think that I won't provide for her 
because I said, no, you can't have cookies and ice cream for breakfast. She doesn't think that. She still trusts me. And it's important for you and I to understand that God's no's are actually for our benefit. And it doesn't feel like that. To Audrey, it doesn't feel like I'm benefiting her by telling her no. It doesn't feel like it benefits us when God says no to that opportunity, no to that relationship, no to that healing. It's like, but, but God, wait a minute. I thought you were going to, and, and God's going, this is the part of faith that is so hard. You have to trust that God knows what we need more than we know what we need. You and I cannot fear dreaming and believing and praying big prayers for our life because we're afraid God might say no. God wants us to believe that he can do the impossible. And there are moments where he's gonna say yes. And I've seen him say yes to so many things. But I've also experienced him say no to prayers that I, I really wished he would have said yes to. And there are some of those prayers that I look back and I go, God, thank you for saying no. I had no idea what I was gonna get myself into. The key for today is for us to understand that what God says yes to will ultimately lead to this life-changing, incredible experience for us. That what God does say yes to, we step into with the full weight of God being behind us and pushing us forward. But it requires us to actually pray something bigger than, hey, God, keep me safe. It requires us to believe and dream, to have a vision and a plan and a purpose for our life that's so much bigger, to have a vision for our life that intimidates us, that we think, God, if you don't show up, there's no way I'm gonna be able to accomplish this. So what are you praying about? What are you believing for? What are you hoping God will do through your life for his glory? Are you just trying to survive? Are you trusting God to show up and do the impossible? What are the prayers that you're praying that just seem so impossible, but that God is just waiting for you to, to trust him with so that he could do it through your life? What are your sun standstill prayers? And for some of you, it's time to silence the enemy in your life that said, because God said no, that he's not good. For some of you, you you've got to move past the fact that God's goodness is not tied to his yeses. You've got to move past and understand that even when God says no, he's still good and he's still faithful. And it's time for you to, to trust him again. It's time for some of you to trust him for the very first time and say, God, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how this plays out. I know this is, my life is going to be completely different because of this. But God, I want to trust you that you can do the impossible in my life. Whatever camp you fall into, we have an opportunity to see mountains move in our lives when our faith lines up with the plan and the purposes of God. And the only way for us to find those out is to be in a relationship with him. And as you do that, God will do the impossible in your life. Come on, let's pray together, church. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for this story that 
Man, it is, it's so far-fetched. It, it just seems so beyond impossible. And again, uh, even for a logical processor, it, it, it's so difficult to even figure out how you pull this off. But God, the most important thing that you want us to hear today is that when we put our faith in you and it lines up with your plan and your purpose, that the impossible can happen. God, I pray for those of us who have prayed big prayers, we've trusted you and we've seen you show up, but we've also seen you say no. God, I pray that you would just, you would remind us that your goodness and your faithfulness is not tied to your yeses. It's not tied to you saying yes to every prayer. But that in spite of whatever we go through, you're still good and you're still faithful. I pray, God, that you would just stir up faith inside of us, that we would have the boldness like Joshua to pray prayers over our family, to pray prayers over our finances, to pray prayers over our goals and our aspirations in life, that we would pray things that would intimidate us and cause us to go, God, I need you in order for this to happen. God, I pray that you would help our vision for our lives line up perfectly with the plan that you've created for us. God, that when we do that, we see you do impossible and powerful things. God, we pray that you move mountains in our lives. We pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.